0: But there is this feeling of telling a story constantly. You know, the first piece is already like opening a book and, you know, mm-hmm. somebody saying, let me tell you a story. Um, it's okay. a very personal world. Um, and he said in a letter to a friend, Worshat, that I've tried to be a poet here, a la Schumann.
1: That's renowned Norwegian pianist Leif Ova-Ansne is here to talk about his brand new album, Dvorak Poetic Tone Pictures. Of course, we know him as a champion of Edvard Grieg's music and Beethoven, but he's uncovering some lesser known and in some cases some unheard music, piano music by Antonin Dvorak. I'm Melissa Green. Welcome to another episode of Heart of the Arts. loving your new album, Dvorak Poetic Tone Pictures. These are lesser-known pieces by Dvorak that are really gorgeous and magical. Are you showing a different side of yourself as you evolve with the music that's kind of, you know, showing this side of Dvorak we all haven't seen?
0: Well, I don't know. I'm just so enthusiastic about finding this um, or discovering how potent this is as a cycle, 13 pieces from the best time of Dvorak, you know, around when he was writing his 8th symphony, the famous piano quintet in A A major his requiem um and he started to write programmatic music in this time with descriptive titles and that seems to have sparked you know it's it's a new level of imagination compared to certainly compared to earlier piano piano music by him and mm-hmm. the strange thing is this music is not known in the world mm-hmm. uh there's a there's a great treasure here which i think is the forgotten great cycle of the 19th century which um, you know, I speak with my pianist colleagues, and many don't have never heard about it,
1: yeah, exactly. I am not super familiar, although we all know so much of his music. So the shift in style was basically just to more of this free, inspired aesthetic. How do you bring that energy to the music? Is there anything you do when you approach new pieces like this? Um are you trying to capture exactly what the composer wanted? I'm always curious if yeah. artists recreate and try to do it as closely.
0: Yeah, I think I think there is such. A, this music gives so many opportunities to the performer of, you know, coloring and timings, um, certain emphasis on on. Very important harmonies and and melodic things and um, balancing the different voices. You know, there's there's so much freedom in this music. There's so much storytelling in this music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean that I'm thinking about you know a certain image or you know these are the two lovers meeting or whatever. You know, it's 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 not. I'm I'm working with musical components. You know, melody, harmony, uh, rhythm. Um, all kinds of colorings. But there is this feeling of telling a story constantly. You know, the first piece is already like opening a book and, you know, mm-hmm. somebody saying, let me tell you a story. Um, it's mm-hmm. a very personal world. Um, and he said in a letter to a friend, Vosat, that I've tried to be a poet here, a la Schumann, though they don't sound like Schumann, he says. Um, and and that's very clear. Uh, it has this sort of very personal world that, that you, we also find in Schumann's piano pieces. And it's very attractive. You know, one wants to be there.
1: Yes, yes. And I was curious, since when I think of Dvorak, I think of symphonies, string quartets, his cello concerto as a pianist, how do you describe this kind of shift in style before these pieces, and then playing these pieces? What is your personal description of Dvorak?
0: Well, there seems to be a, to be a shift in his production generally at this time, going towards programmatic music. Yeah. Um, also in the symphonic music, I mean, actually, the Eighth Symphony originally had a had a program. I mean, today it's more known as absolute music. Uh, but he was writing more and more symphonic poems for orchestra and, and, and things like that. But what is special about Goszak, I mean, I for me, he has such a talent of taking something extremely simple and making it into a jewel. A, a significant piece for me in this cycle is is this piece called Serenade, the ninth piece, which begins the first minute. This, it's the simplest song you will ever hear. Um, Somebody serenading for the loved one, and and it's almost trivial. You think, well, well isn't anything going to happen soon? Yeah. <laughs> you know, something more exciting, and then suddenly it's like he opens up a new world with with just very subtle harmonies, and 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 it becomes suddenly much more tender and passionate, and 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 we are in a completely different landscape, but still mm. with the same melody still with the same melodic material and it has a middle section which is a slow Siciliano kind of very slow dance which turns into kind of prayer like uh music but still so passionate and and I absolutely love love that and I love how he went from that triviality to this place you know yeah um, and and that is a very particular talent that he has I think
1: You've had such a long successful career. I'm curious if you have a certain appreciation for pieces like this because you've had so much experience.
0: In terms of my my repertory, I've always, of course, been interested in playing the our iconic pieces for the piano. Mm-hmm. There's so much Mozart, Beethoven, Chopin, everything. But then on the other hand, also I've always, it's almost been a hobby to, you know, find this, this wonderful pieces that is more of the French repertoire mm-hmm. and And there is so much for the piano because, you know, you, as in this case, you can find a very beloved composer like Dvořák with pieces that are not known. Wonderful pieces. Um, I think yeah. this is quite unique. I mean, you, you won't find, I guess, so many uh, composers that are this well known that will have treasures like this. But... But yeah. there are also uh, masters that are less known that has wonderful pieces for the piano, and so I'm I'm always searching for things. Um, mm-hmm. And it feels like it has almost an added value of when you can present something for for audiences which which they might not know before, not even colleagues, and which is wonderful music.
1: Yeah, that leads me to my um, next question. I know you're starting off on a big tour, so congrats on that. And what are you looking forward to bringing to audiences this round? Has your output changed over the past few years with the setbacks and political turmoil? A lot of, um, you know, really big artists that have come out with these really great albums just kind of feel like I'm not holding anything back. And it also, for a lot of artists and performers, have has kind of taken off a layer for them that they didn't maybe hmm. know was there.
0: Interesting, yeah. I mean, of course, this period has changed things for us. Um, I mean, for me, I'm thinking that I'm always so grateful now for the opportunity of, you know, whenever I am in a, in, a, in a hall, in a great acoustic room with a wonderfully prepared instrument and in front of people and being able to share this wonderful world, this these wonderful pieces and composers with, with others because that wasn't possible or, or mm-hmm. not, not very much during these couple of years. So whenever yeah. I had a chance to do it, you know, for a small audience, um, I became very, very emotional and touched by it um so I, I think i won't take it for granted you know this this great privilege it is to be a musician and to share this with audiences anymore like okay. i maybe did before the pandemic uh, mm. and that's one thing and when it comes to programming well i well, the world's a it's a restless place and and full of conflict and and now i when i was preparing for this program I was suddenly struck by the relevance of it because I'm playing the Dvorak as a second half of of this program. And the first Mm -hmm. half begins with um, Janáček's piano sonata, Leos Janáček, also Czech music. Mm -hmm. This piece has in its title uh, a date, 1st of October 1905, when Janacek became aware of a worker being killed in a demonstration in Brno, um, and um, this made such an impact on him that he wrote he wrote this piece where the first movement is is called "Foreboding" and the second movement is is "Death," and it's yeah. a very anxious and tragic, beautiful piece. Uh, but of course, also scaringly relevant these days. Um, I mean, we find people being again killed at demonstrations whether it's in, in, in mm. Russia or in Tehran. And, um, and so I, when I was studying this piece, I was thinking about this and I thought, how can I actually compose something around this piece that make it more of, yeah, to open up a space for reflection from our time. So I, I'm starting the piece with a very short Russian piece by Alexander Vustin, a, a composer I knew unfortunately passed away during, of COVID uh, mm. early in, in the pandemic. He, I met him in a festival three years ago, and he, he was in the 70s, and um, he's not with us anymore. And it's a beautiful Lamento, a uh, song of uh, complaint or sorrow. And then I go into the anarchic, and then mm-hmm. I play a piece by the Ukrainian composer Valentin Silvestrov. Okay. It's a very dream, dreamy, nostalgic piece. Yeah. Uh, and I play this whole first half, also some Beethoven, I play it all without interruption, no applause in between. Like it's a personal journey and that's how it feels. It feels very personal. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, um, and a lot of people have come to me and said how they appreciate that and how it opens up for thinking and feeling and empathy for for the people who are suffering in our times and all this.
1: Yeah, it's um, silver lining is that, yeah, it can feel really personal, which is important. And it just Mm. kind of, my last question is it's kind of, Interesting how classical music can always find a way to be relevant. Do you th- feel that, that that's true? Has that been a common Absolutely. theme for you with, oh, I made this album, I chose these pieces, and here it is.
0: Yes, and you know, there's very rarely that I'm on stage and I have a feeling that the music I'm playing now is not really relevant to people. That hardly, I mean, it, it, it basically doesn't happen. <laughs> the problem in our in our time is to get people really Interested in getting to the concert halls and 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 you know because classical music is not really part of the uh, main focus in our society right. um, and so and not you know tragically not really part of of schools such as education is not really much existing so so that is the main challenge but I never never doubt in the music itself mm. I it it always feels relevant and that's the magic of it how can a piece by Dvorak or Beethoven or Bach Feels so incredibly relevant to three hundred years after it's it's written. That's the magic of the music. Yeah. Um, so we just need people to to get in a situation where they can hear it, and I yes. I then I believe in the power of the music.
1: Absolutely. We uh, I look forward to playing your new album for our audience here in Arizona, and you'll be close by on the West Coast in California on your tour. So, best That's wishes, correct. and thank you so much, Mr. uh Love the new album and. Look forward to hearing more.
0: Thanks very much. Nice speaking with you. You too. Bye-bye.
1: Norwegian pianist Leif Ova Ansnes is talking about his brand new album, Dvorak, Poetic Tone Pictures. He's embarking on a new tour through Europe and the States over the next six months. You can find more information at Leifovaansnes.com. For KBOX Heart of the Arts, I'm Melissa Green.